0: thank everybody for coming today and for staying. You know, I was, as I was putting this message together, I was thinking about the people down in New Orleans and that were suffered as a result of this Hurricane Katrina. And I was thinking, as as I paid attention to the story and to the article that was, or to the things which were going on there, I was thinking about how that on Monday, I believe it was the Monday, I, I don't know the exact date, I guess it would have been around August 29th or so, that at that point, earlier in the day i think they were thinking this might be a category 5 storm or category 4 whatever's the highest and it might be a direct hit on new orleans and they were saying the loss of life would be tremendous even though most of the city had been evacuated and even before that time they had evacuated most of the city but there were still some people who were going who were going who decided to remain and then I remember going through the day Monday and reading the various stories and the storm weakened a bit, weakened to category four, category three, whatever it is, and it started to veer off a little bit so it was not going to be a direct hit on New Orleans. Started to veer off and to the east, I guess, and hit those areas. New Orleans still certainly had some effects of it. But on Monday night I remember reading through a lot of the articles and seeing a lot, and it looked like the city was pretty much spared at that point. It didn't look all that bad. I mean, it looked bad, but it didn't look nearly as bad as it could have been if it had been a direct hit. And I'm sure there was people there, I think there was about 30 or 40,000 people who were still in the city, I'm sure they were breath- breathing a sigh of relief at that point and thinking, man, this could have been a lot worse. Things could have been terrible here. But then I remember the news on Tuesday, and as it would develop through the day on Tuesday, the images and everything else would be more and more horrific as one of those levees or multiple levees would break and that city would start to fill up with water, it being below sea level. And the, the destruction that would happen from that time on as that city would fill up with water was tremendous. As it turns out, the loss of life wasn't quite as bad as they had thought it was going to be. But still, there was a fair amount of people who died there. And I was just thinking to myself, I think certainly those people that would have remained in that place and gone through the worst of that hurricane as it would pass through and thinking to themselves, we're through this, we survived. And then to have that city fill up with as much as 18 feet of water in some places... It must have been a tremendous thing. They were so close to being in safety, so close to getting through it. But so far, when that levee, those levees would break and the city would fill up with water. And that's my message today. It's entitled, So Close Yet So Far. And so I have a few areas of Scripture that I'd like to read. And In each one, there's a person spoken of that was very close to salvation, yet was very far. Turn please with me to Acts chapter 24. Acts chapter 24 and verse 25. this is Paul who is speaking of here, where it says, and as he reasoned, he is Paul, and as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, go thy way for this time, when I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. Turn please over just two chapters to Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26, and we'll read verse 26. For the king knoweth of these things before whom also I speak freely, for I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him, for this thing was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. (coughs) Excuse me. Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am, except these bonds. Turn back, please, to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 10 and verse 17. Mark 10 and 17. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying. And went away grieved, for he had great possessions. Turn back, please, to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. Begin reading at verse 14. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priests and said unto them, What will ye give me, and I will deliver him unto you? And they covenanted with him for thirty pieces of silver. And from that time he saw an opportunity to betray him. Skip forward please to verse 47 of the same chapter. And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came and with him a great multitude with swords and staves, from the chief priests and the elders of the, of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he. Behold him, hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And turn, please, to Luke chapter 23 for our next to last reading. Luke chapter 23 and verse 39. Luke 23 and 39. And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. And for a final reading, turn to John chapter 3. John chapter 3 and verse 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. As I said when I started, what I'd like to speak about is being so close. And we read about five different people here, five different men, who are very close to salvation. And yet... As far as I know, we don't read anywhere that any of them ever got it. And I'd like to go through each one. And I'd also like you to think about, as we go through each one, the reasons, some of the reasons why they didn't get it. And I want you to think about this in terms of yourself, because I want you to think about the position that you're in here, and how close you are. How that you hear the gospel preached each week, by somebody here in the platform, how you come to Sunday school and children's meetings, how often you hear the gospel, and yet some of you are not saved. You're very close, very close to salvation perhaps, but yet very far if you don't have it. First person we read about was Felix. He's a great leader, and he was trembling. This man at what Paul was telling him. But the thing with Felix that we read there was he says, when I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. The title I have over Felix's reason for not getting salvation at that point in time was he was too busy. He was too carefree or careless, too nonchalant about the whole thing, And he said to himself, "I can get saved any time. I'm too busy right now. When I have a convenient time, when it fits into my schedule just right, then I'll then I'll get serious about this matter." And I wonder out here in the audience today if there's any that are thinking this way. Not that you'd be thinking that as overtly as I just said it, but I wonder if there's any out there that are thinking, "You know what? I've got a lot of time." I'm sure Felix thought the same thing. I've got a lot of time. I'm 12 years old. I'm however 15, 18, however old. You know, people today live till 75 with scientific advances. I'm sure by the end of my life, lifespan will be 100. So, you know, I've probably got 80, 90 years ahead of me. i got a lot of time. Right now, it's just not convenient for me. Besides, I want to go take in some of the pleasures of the world before I get saved. It's not a convenient time for me. Is that what you're thinking? Is this not a convenient time for you? Felix, he was very close. He was trembling. He was concerned. But he was waiting for her a convenient time. Are you too busy? Is that what's keeping you from being saved? Is that, is that what's keeping you so far? Because you're too busy? You're here each week listening to the gospel. But you're too busy to be saved. The next person that we read about was Agrippa. And we read there that he was almost persuaded to be a Christian. But there were more important things. Now there's some that say that what this verse really says is that do you really think that you're going to persuade me to be a Christian with such little persuasion that you're giving me or such little things that you're telling me? And you know, the thought I have over Agrippa is as I thought through maybe why he didn't get it. I wonder if he was a little bit too smart for his own good. If he tried to reason through this a little bit too much. Because it wasn't much earlier that they had called Paul mad, crazy. And I wonder if Agrippa thought, you know what, this all sounds good and everything, but I'm way too smart for this. You're not going to persuade me to be a Christian this easily. Almost you're going to persuade me to be a Christian. But you see, this is the thing. You don't get persuaded to become a Christian. I can't stand here and persuade you. If I was the greatest debater of all time, I couldn't stand here and debate with you over why you need salvation. Certainly I can make a lot of good arguments. But you're never going to be persuaded to be a Christian by another man. And Agrippa was not able to be persuaded to be a Christian. He didn't get it. He was thought, you know what, there must be something better, there must be something else, I'm too smart for this, I've got, you know, this seems a little bit too easy to me, I mean, I don't have to do anything, I just have to believe, and I don't know exactly what was going through his mind, but I have to think some of those things were. And I wonder if there's anybody here in the audience that's just too smart to get saved, And I say that too smart a little bit tongue-in-cheek because certainly there's nothing that is more foolish than not getting saved. But I wonder if there's any here that are struggling with this mentally and thinking, I want to believe, I want to trust, but I can't. I can't get it. There must be something more. There must be something more that I have to do. Are you too smart? Are you so close? and you're too smart and that's why you're so far are you almost persuaded do you listen to the gospel each week when we preach it here and do you say yeah that makes sense I need to get saved but then you go home and maybe think about it and you try and try too hard I don't know exactly why I grew up I didn't get saved but I certainly think this is among part of it that it just seemed like it wasn't enough for him. He needed more. Maybe he wanted to go sacrifice something on an altar. Maybe he wanted to, you know, a lot of churches have these altar calls where they call people up to the front and, you know, come up to the front and you can be saved. Well, that's, you know... Some people do get saved that way because it's not the act of coming to the altar, but it's the act of of believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, which for some people happens at the same time. But friend, that's not necessary. A lot of people get deluded into thinking they're saved when that happens too. There's nothing you have to do. We're not going to ask you to come up to the front here. We're not going to ask you to do anything. All you have to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. But what's keeping you? Are you too busy like Felix was? Or are you too smart for salvation like Agrippa was? The next person that we read about was this man that was talking to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, I mean, we get up here and try and preach and hopefully the Holy Spirit is with us as we try to preach. But could you imagine talking to the Lord Jesus Christ? I mean, it's we are nothing in comparison. This man talked... To the very one who would die for the sins of the world he was speaking to him about salvation imagine that imagine if you were talking to the Lord Jesus Christ you think you'd be convinced to be saved then do you think you'd be saved then well maybe not this man wasn't there was a lot of people who were around at the time that the Lord Jesus Christ was around who saw his perfectness his sinlessness and they didn't believe him In fact, many more than believed him did not believe him. This man was one of them. And as you read through the story there of what he said to the Lord Jesus Christ, he was a good man. He said he kept all the commandments from his youth up. He was a good man. But the Lord Jesus Christ knew that there was something about him. He knew there was something that was hanging him up from being a full believer. And that was this man had great riches. And so the title I have over this, the reason why this man was so close yet so far is that he was too interested in the things of the world. He was too interested in his money and what that could buy him. He didn't want to give away his money to the poor. He didn't want to risk not having his money. He was more interested in that than salvation. And friend, I ask you, is there any here that are more interested in the things of this world, whether they be possessions, whether they be anything that you can gather in this world, is there any here that that's hindering you from getting salvation? Maybe you want to make something of yourself. Maybe you want to make a lot of money in this world. You know, and maybe you want to do it for good reasons. Maybe you want to make a lot of money so you can give a lot of money away. But friend, if any of these things are hindering you from getting saved, you need to put them out of your thoughts. Are you so close... And yet the cares and things of this world are keeping you from getting saved. It's so what we see with this man. He was very close. He was talking to the very Savior. He was talking to the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet he didn't get it. He went away sad because he had great possessions and he didn't want to give them up. What possession do you have? And I, it might be a possession. It might be uh, Hope you're hanging on to it might be a lot of things. What do you have that's preventing you from getting saved, from getting serious about getting saved? What is it? Are you hoping for fame, riches? What do you, what are you hoping for? You're so close. You're under the sound of the gospel here each week, yet you're so far. The next person that we read about was Judas, and you know, as close as. The rich man came. There was nobody other than 12 other people. I mean, Judas was among the 12 closest people to the Lord Jesus Christ of anybody. You couldn't get any closer to him. To be there, and he would have witnessed firsthand all the miracles, he would have witnessed firsthand everything that the Lord Jesus Christ did. He would have seen for himself, you know what, I'm a sinful man. But look at the Lord Jesus Christ. He doesn't sin. He never says anything that's sin. He never does anything that's sin. He never even has an evil thought. Judas would have witnessed this every day. Think of how close he was. Of all the people that have lived and died without salvation, Judas is probably the one that was the closest. To being there because he was with the Lord Jesus Christ every day he was one of his 12 he was one of the disciples he was so close now what what do you think was Judas's problem why didn't he get it you know the 30 pieces of silver is one thought but I, I have trouble with that thinking that was the only motivation because you know it I guess maybe he really wanted that money, but there was other ways he he could have gotten that money, I think. I don't think it was really about the money that Judas betrayed the Lord Jesus Christ for. I think that what it was is the society that he lived in, all all the Jews that were all around him had all at this point become opposed to the Lord Jesus Christ. There was very few on the side of the Lord Jesus Christ at this time. And I think he was going out for a little bit of fame and power and those things. And I think that's probably what part of what his motivation was. He was thinking about, you know what? I've got this huge crowd over here that I can make happy by just turning over the Lord Jesus Christ. Imagine how well received I'm going to be into that crowd. You know, I, I'm not a real high guy or I'm not real big in this among all these other people. But just think, if I turn over this one that they're all after, if I betray him, just think of the position I'll be in. Friend, is there anyone here that is thinking, you know, there's a lot ahead of me? I want to make my mark on the world, and maybe that's it? Or are you thinking, I've got a lot of friends that aren't saved, and, you know, they're all going to make fun of me if I get saved? You know, maybe that was part of it. Maybe Judas didn't like the being ostracized from all those that he was around. Maybe he didn't like being associated with the Lord Jesus Christ and people were thinking, you know, those guys, they're, they're out there. Everybody was thinking, the Lord Jesus Christ, He, he stirs up trouble everywhere that He goes Now, I mean, they had really turned against them. They were a very unpopular group of people. The Lord Jesus Christ, in particular, was very unpopular. Is that what it is? Are you afraid of making this unpopular choice of getting saved? Are you afraid that, you know, what do my friends think? I mean, you know, I'm not that bad, but I still like to go and do a few little bad things with my friends. If I get saved, I can't do those things. and they're all going to think I'm a loser. Is that what it is? Friend Judas was so close. He was so close. He was in the inner circle of the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet he was so far. Because to be with the other people, to avoid some of, you know, to make himself look good amongst those that he must have desired approval from, he would betray the Savior. (coughs) Is that your hang-up, friend? Is it popularity? Are you too concerned with what the world thinks? Are you too desirous of a little bit of fame and power and all those things? What is the reason? The last person that we read about was the last person, well, the two last people that were closest to the Lord Jesus when he would die and suffer there for those sins on the cross. There would be three crosses there. And two thieves would be hanging upon those crosses. And on the one... one of these thieves would cast up and say, you know, if you're what you say you are, if you're as powerful as you say you are and as everybody, as your disciples think you are, why don't you come down from the cross? I don't really think you're all that special. And he mocked them. He's hanging there on the cross next to this man who, the Lord Jesus Christ, who never sinned, who was perfect. He's hanging there with him, And he mocks him. He says, you're not all that special to me. I... Look at this. We're hanging side by side here. So, the other man that was hanging there, he realized who the Lord Jesus Christ was. He said to the other guy, you know, you and I, we've been pretty bad. This man hath done nothing amiss. He's not done nothing wrong. He's perfect. And that man was saved. But the other man who railed on him, who made fun of him, who would yell at him and mock him, he didn't get it. So what, is, what was prevented, you know, this man was close to getting saved. The other man obviously got saved. I mean, he's hanging side by side on the cross with the Savior of the world. How much closer could you get? He's close. And, and he knows he's going to die, too. I mean, it's not like there's a time period. I mean, he knows within the next couple hours he's going to die. And the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who can save him for eternity, is hanging there upon the cross, and he just mocks him. Here's a title I've over this one. I think it was too bitter to get saved. And here's my thoughts around this one is that you know, is your attitude one of I'm just too concerned with myself. And there's nothing else that matters. Do you have a bitter attitude that is preventing you from getting saved? Are you resentful of the fact that you have to come here and listen to the gospel each week? Are you too bitter to be saved? Is your attitude too bad? Have you decided already in advance before this message was even spoken, or before any message was spoken, that you know what, there's no way any of this is getting to me. I'm building a shield around myself. There's no way this is going to impact me. I just can't wait for this to get over, this speaker to sit down, so I can go outside and get on with my life. I don't want to spend my time thinking about this. There's so many other things I want to do. Are you too bitter? Do you have too bad of an attitude? Is that why you're so far? Friend, you're close here. The Gospel goes out each week here. You hear it each week. You know how to be saved. You're close. But yet you're far. That last place that we read in John 3 and 18, He that believeth on Him is not condemned. It's easy. Salvation, you want it? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. You believe on Him, you're not condemned. The second part of that verse, But he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of of the only begotten Son of God. There's only two camps you can be in. You're either saved or you're lost. And if you're not saved, you're lost. You don't choose to be lost. You're born lost because... Well, you weren't born lost. You're lost as soon as you committed your first sin. And we're all sinners. So, friend... You're a lost sinner, and you're condemned, as it says here. But all that you have to do to be saved is that believe on Him. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe on that one that would be spurned by that thief on the cross, that would be turned over by Judas and betrayed. Believe on that one that that rich man said, you know what, following you is just not worth giving up all my worldly goods. Believe on that one that Agrippa thought he was too smart too bright to believe in, and believe on that one that Felix was too busy to believe in, friend, you can be saved here today in the seat where you sit, you know, my wife likes to get to the airports very early and before a flight. she likes to get there two or three hours ahead of time. I think that 's ridiculous, but she likes to, and you know, I think that uh, In fact, I know of people who have gone to the airport in plenty of time, have gone up and checked their baggage, got their little ticket, gone through the security line, and were waiting at the gate, waiting for them to call that, you know, boarding for that flight. And, you know, I like to think of one who does that, and you're sitting there at the gate 15 feet away from where you'll enter on to that gate to get on that plane, and maybe you fall asleep there. And you don't hear them calling for the flight. Last call for a flight to Phoenix or wherever you're going. You don't hear it. You sleep through it. You don't get on the plane. You're ready. You got up. You got packed. You went to the airport. You got through security. You were there in plenty of time. But you missed the plane. You're so close, yet so far from being where you wanted to be. Friend, you're so close to salvation here today. You can have it. If you're too busy, if you're too smart, if you're too taken with the things of the world, if you're too interested in fame and popularity, or if you're too bitter, you need to get over those things. Whatever's preventing you Put it out of the way. He that believeth on him is not condemned. You want to go to that side. You want to join that camp of those that believe. Simply believe on what the Lord Jesus Christ has done. And you can be saved right now in the seat where you sit.